In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. It is a crime that we are actually indoors today. It is the most glorious Friday afternoon of the DMV. I call it, boys, California weather. Hmm. We get about nine of these days, by my estimation, per year. And we're wasting one of them by being inside Golfdom Golf, the presenting sponsor of the Capital Golf Gang. But that's okay. We're going to get out after this is done, right? How yep. great it's is it never a waste right of time to be in Golfdom. No, it is never a waste. No. But but if we could just bring the store out to this sidewalk, buddy, could we do that? Maybe just get would, all your staffers, bring it outside. We'll shop out there. If we I could sell everything that. in the shop, that it would go outside. Buddy would be very happy. I would. Um, I would be happy to work fifty hours a <laughs> right. week like yeah. I do right now. Right. Yeah. So. But you don't want to have to bring it back in. That's the <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. The no return. Sell it and bring it back in. Anyway, we are here. Uh, John Gould is off today. Poor guy, kidney stones. Yeah. He says I recommend not ever getting them, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> noted. I'll try not to do that. Although I think he can't really prevent them. It's just one of those random life bogeys, right? I guess. I guess. I Have you guys I never ever had find them? Out. No, 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 I don't no. want okay. to. All right, knock on wood on that yeah. front. Anyway, Buddy Christensen is with us, owner of Golfdom Golf. He took me out to Westwood last week with Carol Maloney. That was a great time. We'll talk about it on the show here in just a bit. John Ronas from the Ronas Golf Academy is with us as well. And Ronnie Thomas, who has won another VSGA one-day event, Ron. I did. What are you 68 doing? bucks. Bro, what are you doing? $63. $63. This was at the former site uh, site of the uh, Potomac Cup, the last one we held back in 2017, Potomac Shores. Yes, and Potomac Shores, for many of you that I'm sure have played it, it went through some rough times uh, condition-wise. Jack Nicklaus Signature Golf Course, bent grass fairways at the time of opening, and for uh, years after it opened, um, just a lot of undulations and collection areas in the fairways with water. And then, of course, we get our summer heat. And so they went to Bermuda, and hmm. the greens were wonderful. The golf course is – I highly recommend uh, it is you head out. It is south of the Beltway off of 95. Dumfries. Dumfries is where it is. Oh, yeah, near Manassas. Yeah, but it's tucked away where they're building and building and building. Yes. Like they are everywhere in this market. And it is a Jack Nicholas signature on a hell of a piece of property. Yes. I mean, it is a wild up and down ride. Yeah, and they have in the Virginia State Golf Association, they have one day events for those of you again listening that may be members of a Virginia golf course or resident of Virginia. They have about eighty of them throughout wow. the season. It's great, uh, and they're great events. They run very well. It's all levels of competition. They equal the playing field based upon the tees. And uh, you know, I have to say that competition is not the stiffest for me. But you As play a, in the 6 to 12 handicap division? No, I do oh. not. No, no, no. Um, no 14 plus. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, they, they, they help handicap the events to make them fair. So you're banned now, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's like a one, country club. One so. more win and you're out. <laughs> That's right. right. They're, they're referring to me as the new kid in town. Yeah, the new <laughs> kid from you know, out of town. Well, you know the, Eagle, yeah, <laughs> right. the Eagles song. It's yeah. no one liked him. And, yeah. or, you know, so yeah. anyway. All right. Well, let's start. I got a I got a single topic I want to talk about to start today's show, and that is 
an ode to contact. So I was there at Loudon Golf and Country Club, my club, and I was chipping at their wonderful little chipping green. You guys were there with me last year. And I'm playing Chip Chap, Ronus, my favorite game, yeah. mm-hmm. which is just a Chip. game, Chipping, Chip yeah. Chap. Yeah, Chip Chap. <laughs> and what I love about it is that they've got all these little ridges and a slope, and it, the greens are very fast. Our greenskeeper, uh, greenskeeper, Chris Hinesley, is one of the best in our area. From the University of Connecticut. There you go. Yep. And uh, so when you're chipping there, you got to be precise if you're trying to chip to little ridges and little holes and everything else. And I found that fun and fascinating and engaging. I'm like, okay, you got to to get it here. You got to do that. Got me to thinking about contact because I then went around to the other side of the green and I started chipping and I was flushing everything. It was perfect. It was like really easy. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what just happened there? What happened was on that side of the green, John Ronis, they had just done some watering. Mm. And so the grass was nice and wet. So what does that do? To your club head, it prevents it from chubbing, from sticking. So it was sliding through nicely, and I thought, all these little things in golf matter, don't they? Yeah. Every little thing. And the essence of the, of the sport, I think the game of golf is a larger thing when it comes to camaraderie, the sportsmanship, the fellowship, everything else. The game is big, but the sport, its nuclear essence is contact. Best contact you can make the most often in the most repeatable way on the most different shots. That's the game. Thoughts? I'll start. Uh, Yesterday I attempted, which of course this is airing on Saturday, but uh, on Thursday of this past week I attempted to qualify first round or first stage for the U.S. Open at York, at the Country Club of York up in Pennsylvania. And there were a lot of really good players. And a lot of guys uh, on the driving range, their ball was making a completely yeah. different sound yep. than mine really? was. Yep. And as a golf fanatic and a former a person who taught the game and still thinks he can teach the game and who plays the game, I can't help but watch mm-hmm. and listen. There were guys from all over the country playing there, including a few tour pros. And... All it takes is I'm standing over my ball getting ready to hit it is a sound, and invariably I'm going to hear it, that I have to stop what I'm doing and mm-hmm. turn around and right. look and I, see. You know, <clears throat> I used to be a good player, Ronnie. You still are. <laughs> and I honestly used to go to a driving range. And we had, we had, uh, I had Hogan PCs, right? So mm-hmm. they're just blades, and you knew if you hit them well and you knew the sound. And I did used to like to go to the side of the range and hit my first couple irons and then look at the people on the range and see if they turned around. Mm-hmm. Because it is a different sound. I'll give you this comparison. I went to opening day. I was going to UConn. I went to opening day. Yankees, Red Sox in Yankee Stadium. Clemens is pitching for the Yankees. Ex, uh, the Yankees, uh, maybe the Red Sox at that point. He is warming up, normal. We're out, in the, out there and near the bullpen. They play the national anthem. He throws about 10 more pitches before he walks in. The sound of that ball hitting the glove Ooh. relative to when he did the right. f- before the national anthem and after is the same kind of thing. It's just perfection and power. Power. And to get both of those right is something that when you do it, it's unbelievable. When you see it, I think it's even more incredible. Buddy, your, th- your thoughts well, on contact. Well, as you said, you were chipping and, and you felt good over, over the ball when you're, when you're chipping. That's the beginning of the whole thing, right? Feeling good over it or feeling terrible over it, right? <laughs> right. So that contact, you, you don't 
feel terrible over it and make good contact all the time. So part of the game is to get yourself ready to go to Confident. make good contact. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. confidence to know under pressure you can deliver the club face right to the ball the way you need to. Correct. And if you don't feel that, it is immensely difficult to make that good contact. As like opposed to Hunter Mayhem. At the Ryder Cup. It's yeah. happened. T.C. Chen Chunk. at the U.S. Open with the double hit. TC and other double. times. Of course, when it works out, like I thought of when Mickelson won the Masters, I think the second time, he had the iconic shot from the pine straw between the two trees at number 13. Yep. Did he worry, Ron, about contact on that shot? No, he did Because didn't. what did he know about that shot when he hit it? What was his thinking of... You know, a lot of amateur players be like, oh, I don't know, I'm on pine straw and the ball's just sitting there. How's this going to fly? How's it going to react? What was Mickelson's thought process? Uh, his thought process was executing the shot, which would mean releasing the club head, okay. not holding on to it. Right. Uh, he had to draw the ball, if I recall. Or it, 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 he was consumed with contact. I think you're wrong there, Zabe. Do he tell. was consumed with the proper contact required out of pine straw versus off of a fairway lie. And what's it's the difference? totally different. Ball first. Ball and shallow. It oh. Ball and shallow. So it might have, if he was hooking it, it might have worked into his favor because he was already going to hook it so he could shallow it out. But you can't be steep with pine straw because there is no bottoming out of the golf club. Right. So it's, it's all about pure contact. It's kind of similar to a fairway bunker. But that was the only thing that he was thinking. How is this different in my contact zone, and that requires shaft lean, club face position, leading edge position, using the sole, not using the sole. I mean, these are things that are so incredibly intricate right. that re- are required for every single shot. And when you're teaching it, you, you love to get to the point where you're teaching something like that because that means that person in front of you has got some talent. And that's really cool to talk about shaft lean mm-hmm. and leading edge and all that stuff. And, and it's, that's the, every shot you hit is consumed with contact. That's why it's so important. So it's a good, cool topic. And, and, I, and I think from an a average golfer standpoint, what you're touching on a little bit too is his focus was different on that shot than a normal shot. And for an average golfer, sometimes you realize – I wasn't very focused on that shot. You don't hit it very well, but sometimes you dial that focus right in on it, and now we're now we're going to be able to execute it a little bit better. So um, he's looking at it from a this is exactly how I need to hit it standpoint. But. And, and as we're talking about contact, what we're really talking about is compressing the ball. And how do you compress the golf ball? And Why in that is, case, not compressing it. Right. Why does it sound so different when you go to a tour event? What, why does someone who's been playing golf for 40 years, as myself, someone like me, why, why, why do I stand there and watch and think to myself, how did, it, how did what, he do that? What, what, what does is a, that sound? The squishing, the squishing what does a, of the what, golf Yeah, ball. what does a tour iron shot sound like to you when you're sitting there on the range at a tour event or seeing a tour player up close? It's like a... Maybe a watermelon being dropped right. off yeah. of a yeah. five-story building. Yeah, that's a, that's good a one. great example. That's yeah. a good one. It's the, the squish. Yeah. <laughs> the squash. And, yeah. And then the comp- <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, and the way it flies, yeah. too. That's the thing. Tour shots that I see, they don't necessarily curve them sometimes. They just let them yaw or yeah. drift. It's a two-yard drift it's one way or the other. It's literally the sound of silence. 
Yes. Right? And, and what it's it is. It's perfection. And, and the people driving right now on the way to the course, they're thinking, you know what? Compress. Yeah, compress the ball. Compress it. I wonder how I compress the ball. Stand Com- on it. Compressing the ball is using. <laughs> compre- right. Com- compressing the ball is using your big muscles. Yeah, I mean, it, again, compressing the ball is shaft lean. Like, we all have the same tools. It's how we use them. We're going to use them in different ways. But at impact, the tool doesn't know who's swinging the club. It's got to be perfect. But the sound that we hear is power. We don't, we don't talk about it enough. It's pure speed. Yeah. And, big, and power comes from big muscle use. Combination Back. of everything, perfect. Yeah, and then syncing up the lower body with the, with the upper yeah. body. But, it's perfection. And, and something that my pro at home taught me when growing up was he said that separation equals distance and power. Sure. What, you know, keeping the knees separate, yep. uh, you know, and, and drive and then width and the swing, creating the yeah. lag and yeah. the width because mm-hmm. that creates the power and the compression. And then when to separate the arms from the body. Yeah. Because it's not just turn the body back and through. There is separation. We talk about just turn it back and turn it through. Well, OK, that's great. But I'll be hitting chip shots. There is separation of the arms and that perfection of timing of the event of contact when the hands unload and the body rotates through and the right side supports you just i just love it i don't do it much well, anymore well, but i love someone it. who teaches the game also and has taught some really wonderful players and still does teach them when someone comes into your bay and and you watch them develop and watch their their compression and mm. compressing of the golf ball evolved. You know you're doing Kids. something well, right. Well, you got Kids. Winston right now. You start to see that because they reach a threshold of strength where they can keep the leading edge there. And that's a, when you see for the first time, yeah. you see Winston hit one, and, and Winston's a great kid. He's Ronnie's son. You, you're like, oh, wait a second. He's, he can do it. He's starting to do it. And yeah. I think to myself, wow, you know, we got something <laughs> yeah. going on here. Same thing with the kids in baseball, buddy. You know, you yeah. just, you reach a point where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess they're big enough to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it happens quickly, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It flips. It does. And, and, you know, the equipment, I think, plays into this mm. a little bit in that, you know, the average player is using something a little more forgiving. So that's going to kind of dilute some of that that power sound because they've kind of spread that forgiveness around a little bit to make sure that you can hit it here. These guys are hitting it exactly where you need to on the club. That is going to give them that maximum. Did did you guys ever have a club in which you put almost a dime sized wear spot right where it needs to be? Ronnie, you're a good player. Absolute badge of honor. Same thing for you, John Rose. In in college, you had forged clubs. Yep. They wore out, and that was a badge of honor right there. You kept those clubs. What what iron was your money iron? Mine was a seven. Ronnie? Mine was a Ben Hogan sand wedge. So that was your favorite club? Yeah. What's your favorite club now? Uh, My favorite wedge is probably my wedge. No, club. Our favorite club is my wedge. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Buddy, favorite club? Hmm. You know... Depends. Uh, I would say I really do enjoy hitting my hybrid, which There's no I never, depends. It's well, true love. No, no. Wow. So this this Apex hybrid true. I got, and yeah. it's two or three mm, generations old. I just got one of the, Oh, I just got a new one. Yeah, great. yeah. And I, I just love the look of this one. And uh, I'm not condoning not getting okay. new equipment constantly, <laughs> but uh, that that is I enjoy. Now I only hit it a few times. I don't even think I hit it when we played together. So yeah. sometimes you don't eight end iron. up hitting it. That's For mine. Me, eight iron. Eight iron to me is the uh, true love, the true crush. I love that. Gotta eight love iron. it. Eight yeah. iron, you know. I love so uh, when Tom Watson famously didn't close the deal at Turnberry at the British Open when he would have been sixty what? Ooh. When he would have won early sixties, I think, right. 
Ronnie, you and I are blessed to enough have played Turnberry. Maybe you guys have as well. I have played Turnberry. Okay, so that chip he had, if he wanted to chip it from behind the green, was nothing. It was a cupcake little chip. wasn't even that tight of a lie, but he was afraid of contact in that moment. And he said, you know, if I putt it, get it up there within five or six feet, then I got a shot at winning this thing. Yep. Tom Watson's good enough. He chipped in at Pebble Beach out of the deep salad to win once upon a time. Which, believe it or not, and this is blasphemy, was an easier chip than that one that he had. Really? Because it was just swing and not worry about... It's that turf. It's the ground. The ground is the ultimate killer in the game of golf. It's the moment of truth. You've got to know how to hit the ground. If you don't, you could flub it. And Tom Watson does not want his legacy to be a four-inch chip <laughs> in a major championship. Much rather putt it. Well, that's the ghost of Hunter Mahan at the Ryder Cup, Correct. right? Sure. I mean, it's, it's a, who wants to live with that? It's yeah. such a, a nerve-wracking thing. Well, and we still talk about the T.C. Chent. I mean, we talk about <laughs> the it. T.C. Double Chip Chent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> of course, the, the rough, they used to grow the rough for the U.S. Open big enough to lose dogs in. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, like, they it don't was. do that anymore. I kind of wish they do, would, though, too. Ron. Yeah, me too. So, what uh, exit question on this around the horn. What is the greatest contact, the sweetest, purest shot you ever hit in your life? Ron, start with you on the end. We'll work our way back to me. Uh, or if you want to go the other way, because I'm putting you guys on the spot. Can you uh, think of it? The most recent is probably the best. And when I won the event at Potomac Shores two or three days ago, uh, I, the guy I was playing against who played at William & Mary, really neat guy, Greg uh, Mimjack, I think his name. I should know his name. But anyway, he's a member of Bellhaven. He was ahead of me by two shots, and he started out three under par. And I, anyway, I made a 135-yard nine iron. Yeah, at, uh, boy. I made it. I made it? I made it. Cashed it out. Went right in the hole. Cashed right. me outside, I, I says said, Ronnie. spin left, spin left, you know, because most of my stuff yeah. spins left. And it was a yellow ball that I've been playing, and the thing disappeared, and the guy turned around and looked at me like I just stole his lunch money. <laughs> so, And I'll never forget that shot. That's good. I'll All never right. forget it. All right, uh, Ronas, purest I, I, I have ever. one from the mass amateur, uh, this guy who thought it was just ridiculous that I was taking him to 20 holes. And um, I could just kind of see the look on his face, and I didn't like him. I met him that day and didn't like him for the rest of my life. And I hit on that uh, second extra hole, I hit an eight iron. And that's why I love it so much and did exactly what you just did. And it didn't go in. It was about four inches Mm -hmm. and he missed the putt. And of course he gave me that putt. And uh, he was just, he was like, what are you doing here, young man? Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh, taking over the reins here. Go away, old man. (laughs) And it was a lovely thing. And I still haven't spoken to him. Buddy. So I'm going to go with um, one of my college boys trips where I'm playing against uh, a guy named Casey who's a good friend of mine, a better golfer than I am, and he was always the number one guy, and I got paired up against him in the singles matches, so kind of the sacrificial lamb. And I came to uh, the ninth hole. I'm three down, and it feels like this thing could be over on 14 or 15, and I stick one on the ninth hole, right? Make that. Birdie three of the next four holes, take the lead, end up winning two and one over nice. him. Nice. Um, nice. But I remember the shot kind of setting up the, oh, wow, maybe this won't be over for me and for him. Yeah. And then, uh, so those are always fun to look back That's on. Great. All right. Mine is right here. Algonquian Golf Course, 
Algonquin Regional Park, Sterling, Virginia. I was 17 years old. This is number 16. Oh, 16. A brute of a par three, 228 yards in the back tee. I was playing it from back there, back in the old wooden club days. Yeah. And I just somehow caught this three-wood so perfectly. It felt like nothing, almost like I had missed the ball. And it just soared. This hole had eaten my lunch for years. And it just went all the way, boom, right on the green, 228 on the fly. It was almost like the heavens had opened up. And the <laughs> angels had sang and said, ah! I'll great. never forget the feeling and how great that was. And that, all you need is how many of those around to bring you back? Just one. One. Just one will do the trick. All right, Ron has a great story to tell from his U.S. Open qualifier. Suffice to say, I don't think he qualified because I would have heard about it by now. (laughs) We would have had a day off, I'm sure. But uh, got some good stories there, as well as we'll play a quick nine and talk about some local golf. And, man, the travesty that was and is the NCAA and the women's regional in Louisiana. We'll get to that next The Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom, continues right after this. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang, four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. We're back at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Buddy Christensen is with us this week. John Gould is recovering from kidney stones. John Ronas, Ron Thomas with me, yours truly. The Zabe. Beautiful spring day here as May is upon us. Weather's been uh, nice. I'll take it. Bonus cool. A little cooler than normal. We'll take it. Don't complain because the hot's coming. Yeah. (laughs) Hot's coming. Hot's going to stay. So calm down on that front. All right. Time to play a quick nine. Here we go. Hole number one. The NCAA, in all of their infinite idiocy, decides to cancel the women's regional because the golf course was playable, just not in so-called a championship level. I know a lot of you guys want to jump on this because it's outrageous. Who wants to start? Well, the whole, the whole thing was, was fascinating. I saw it on Twitter, and these four people come walking out of a building with stairs, like 30 stairs. It looked like the Capitol. They come walking halfway down, so they're overseeing the crowd, and you can't see the crowd at that point. And they say, although the course is playable, it's not at championship conditions, so the top six teams ranked will go to regionals and the top three individuals ranked. Don't forget, these, many of these same girls had no NCAAs last year because of COVID. So two years, they weren't given the opportunity. I, in New England, we sometimes would get a hailstorm come through during the round, and you'd sweep the greens off with your putter and your towel and whatever, just so you had a lane. It was literally like you were shoveling a lane for yourself. This is absolutely ridiculous. I don't care what the conditions are. You play that golf tournament unless it's lightning, because the alternative is not an alternative. It's unacceptable, and it is so unfair. These kids have been through enough. It's completely unfair. I was so, so mad. I, I don't know. There has to be something else to the story because this can't – it doesn't make sense. It can't be yeah. this simple. There had to have been something else about the golf course for them, uh, you know, 
problems with the golf course for them to make this decision. I, I just, your heart hurts to see the women, the young women hold each other crying. Yeah. Uh, University of Maryland was one of the teams that went through for they're now playing in the fine, the NCAA. But they tournament. were not in this regional. Uh, no, they were actually. Oh, no, they but were? they, they go yeah. through because they just took the top six okay. ranked. Yeah. Here, but here, you, let's, let's go ahead. I want to play this for you guys. Well, this is, uh, it's hard to hear, but he says. And with that, they turn and, and walk, walk up away. the stairs. That's unbelievable. You know, it, it, LSU was the uh, the host course, right? Yeah. They were the host. And I believe they were in the top six. So they got to move on. Yeah. Nice. So, so do you got to wonder you, about that. You do got to wonder about of that. Of course. And, and now, granted, there was big storms, so there was huge standing water. So what? Right, play around it. Like you said, yeah. you used to sweep hail off. Take your drop games. wherever you can. Here's, well, the, here's the toughest part about it. Listen to this. Is this a real? You should be ashamed of yourself. That is so terrible. Thank you for ending our careers. Mm. Wow. Mm. That girl's wow. crying. Yeah, of course. Jeez. Of course. So, will there be repercussions for this? Probably well, not. You think of in light of all of the women's transgression or the transgressions that have occurred against women's athletics recently. NCAA. The, yeah, that's what I mean. It's the a joke. room right. and all these things. Yes. This it's is been a joke. One I mean, go of. out of your way to play this thing. Believe me, if that's a men's competition, they're playing. Oh, of course. And I hate to say it, but that is yeah. absolutely true. It's, it's a outrage. shame. It is a complete outrage. And the, you know what? The, they, they should just hold their own somewhere else. So those, those well, by the way, Barstool, Barstool, Barstool yeah. Sports right. is trying to get them in Arizona next week for a tournament. It's not the NCAAs, so but at least it's a competition. Yep. Yeah. Pay for it all. Fly them out. Well, do they're, something. And they're trying to make sure that they don't screw up their – their uh, eligibility uh, right, the future, so they're trying, it, yeah. so they're, hopefully they get that figured out and yeah. they get this play for a Snickers. Yeah. Hopefully that's not you know lose their eligibility. Hole number shame. two, funny betting games, buddy. Can you explain your Fireball Birdie tournament or yes. whatever it is you it play is at Westwood? The, the Fireball Birdie Challenge, and this came up about five or six years ago, and it stems from a group in in Maine that would all throw in a hundred dollars, and whoever birdied all eighteen holes. First for the season wins the pot. Oh, nice. So, so we we don't play enough to to do that. So we said, all right, let's do this. We'll throw twenty of us together, hundred bucks a man. First guy to birdie a hole owns that hole. He has to do a fireball shot. He's got to take a picture, send it out to the rest of us, and you own that hole for fifty bucks. The last hole, when it comes down to it, gets half the pot. So it's about a thousand dollar. Interesting. Uh, so it fun. identifies the toughest nut to crack. Yeah, and it's not always so. And then, then you're the fireball champion. So you get a little payout, but more than anything, you got the the bragging rights, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's interesting that 
that the hole that finishes right now, it's, it's, it's a hole number 12 that's a difficult hole to birdie. But there are years. I won it the second year, and I birdied 13, which was the last hole, but should be one of the top five in the birdies hole. So, but anyway, we have a lot of fun with it. It's, it's annoying when I'm at work on a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, and guys, guys are going, I birdie five. And I'm like, I'm at work. Yeah. But, but that said, it comes with a long list of stipulations. There's plenty buddy. of rules in there, and uh, we won't go into all of them, but uh, we've got, we got some rules, some of which have come up because of situations, some of yeah. which are uh, pretty Guys funny. who can and not be in the group, guests being with you, complete rounds, second rounds of the day. Where you know. you start. Yeah, you it's be, right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So do you guys, Ron, do you have any special sort of ongoing thing at your club? Nope. Uh, uh, Ronas? No, no, no. You know what I used to like? We were just talking about this the other day. I used to like a two-man year-long challenge where you just play two man at at before a certain date. And the only reason I do like it is because of the plaque at the end. Because the plaque has a bunch of teams and then you're the winner and you Mm -hmm. get the plaque. Yeah, that's cool. But no, I don't have any betting games because I think you'd have to actually play. They have a betting game. All right. Uh, hole number three. Good old Rory McIlroy wins again just a month or so after seemingly he was ready to take a long walk in the golfing woods to figure out his swing. <laughs> what does that say to you about the fair-haired Irish lad? That he's awesome. Hey, he's uh, what awesome. do you mean? It means he's getting awesome again. Because It doesn't he, mean anything, uh, to, to tell you the truth. These guys are so talented. <laughs> I, I, this guy should have won more than he has. Yeah, but it just I'll tells you that, that he played whoa, well whoa, for a whoa, week. Whoa, I hear some blaspheming in the house of Rory. I'll say that. He should, he should have won more than he has, and his uh, performance in the major championships, besides... He's fact, got three. I, I was going to say recently. Yeah, how long has it been since he's won his last one? Get out. No, get out of here! What have you you are people love Rory's swing. I think he. Drops no, 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 And that's he what I was just going to. I was going to drop. Way. I was going to come in. He drops it way. I disagree with inside. you that he should have won more than he did, because he's not a good putter, and he does drop that thing it's, way inside. It's unbelievable how far so, that he drops. That I mean, thing he in. turns fast enough to get it back on plane. But the fact is, Under- I don't think he's as technically sound, and I also Thank don't you. think he's as. As killer instinct, Thank I you. love him. By the way, I'd have, I'd, he'd be my son in a second. You know the the irony of Ron, the king of the inside club drop, actually blaspheming Rory for what he does. The nerve of you! <laughs> I love you though. I've never accepted two hundred and forty million from Nike <laughs> and being. Look at the how next pure this one. move is, no, man! It gets inside. No, oh, actually, no, driver. See, when he, a driver. But when he turns his hips, it comes back on playing yeah. down at the bottom. That's, but under, under the gun. Well, you saw it. Okay. Yes. He, he duck hooked that one yes. on 18. What I love, though, is he's just the coolest dude. He's the realest dude out there, in my opinion. He's just, he's, he's not hung up on himself, and he loves the game, and I just love his vibe. I, I, I love Rory. I, if he won every tournament for the rest of my life, I'd be like, that's great. Yeah, oh, he, and he's outspoken now. I mean, he's he, certainly outspoken. He's taken outspoken over. Outspoken without being preached. Yes. He's right. outspoken by saying, here's what I think. Yep. Deal with it. He's factual, True. and he's up front. Yeah, he you is. Know, he but it was nice to see him back at a he's place. He's a father now, too. It's yeah. nice to see him back at a place that he's comfortable, right? Quail Hollow. Yeah, and and Kiowa coming up. And we got so Kiowa coming look out, up. Look Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Hole number cool. four, Jason Day. Won't Monday qualify for the U.S. Open, saying he's got a net Jets outing instead? Yeah, is this lemon. remotely defensible? No. No. I stood there with Tom Kite at Woodmont. Tom Kite, Greg Norman, 
Uh, Fred, Norman Norman Monday qualified once at Norman. I don't know if he even qualified, but he was there um, because he had to. And I'm not sure if he actually went through with it. John Daly. Um, well, I watched Lanny Watkins hit balls and followed him yeah. for about four or five I balls mean, at Woodmont. These are these are big time people, uh, and they were sitting there getting ready to to qualify. He's, Jason Day's excuse is, well, my game is so out of sorts. He's 62nd on the money list. Top 60 gets in. Uh, and he's like, I don't want to add more pressure or try to chase it or some excuse like that. And, oh, by the way, I've got a corporate net jets outing. So, sorry. Wow. That's, come on, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you know what you're doing, Ron, is you're poking the karma gods in the eye with that. To me. True. There's going to be more outings you can have. True. And maybe he doesn't like When Tory you're Pines. 60. Maybe he, he doesn't like Tory. He's won there twice. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so, I, so maybe he does. So I think maybe he does. Anyway, all right. Hole number five. What's the one thing every golfer needs that is not a club, not a ball, not a glove, not an actual golf accessory in their bag? Patience. In their truck. Patience. That's good. Okay. Wow. All right. It's really good. A Sharpie. All right. Sharpie's good. I'm going to go confidence. Back to where you were talking about contact okay. and confidence. Those are all good answers. They're they're not. What is the correct one though? Is the right one? A, an extra pair of underpants. And we move <laughs> oh, on. Oh my Whole... gosh, that's so funny you say that. Yesterday, oh, yesterday, Uh-oh. I had, I don't. I, I'll say it. I don't wear underwear usually. Oh my play. god, yeah. this is a family so, golf show. And I had my uh, two unders yesterday because I had to carry yeah. my own bag. Which and is a great brand. I needed oh, a Sharpie funny. yesterday. This place is so <laughs> up and down. And yeah. I, I, I went to the truck, pulled out my pair of two unders and went in and changed. I'm like, yes. Plus my little powder. Buddy, do you yes. sell the two unders? Uh, all day long. Yeah. yeah. And, they and, are and just I'm a, phenomenal. Big believer in it. They like, are I, I might have twenty five pair at home because it, it's they're so softest good. They underwear are. ever made. When yeah, you work they, outside, they, they, like John here, yeah, <laughs> you need a little protection, Ronnie. Right. So yeah. far, Ron has blasphemed in the house of Rory, and yeah. he has revealed TMI. <laughs> <laughs> so we're only halfway through the show so far, hasn't it? Bro? We're not even okay. on the back nine. <laughs> we're just working our way to the back yeah. nine. Hole number six. When your wife asks you, "So, what's you in the?" insert your friends talk about while golfing, what do you typically say? Well, I have golfing, and then I also play in a band, so I practice every week. And inevitably, usually not my wife, it's actually someone else's wife, they'll be like, what do you guys talk about? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Nothing that we say has any relevance whatsoever on this planet. And I couldn't even recall most of what we talk about. There's nothing important in our lives when we step on the golf course or in that band session yeah, for this me. This is a multi-layered <laughs> question here, but, but I'll keep it simple. When I'm playing at the club, I'm generally playing with our draw, so we're talking about winning. We're okay. talking about winning. We want to win. You know, it's 40, Strategy. 60, 80 bucks you walk yeah. away with. It's better than losing 40. Uh, when I'm playing in an event like I did at Potomac Shores, again, bringing that up, I was playing with this gentleman, Greg, who happens to travel around the world and set up elections. He's a works cool. for a democracy group, and he's the big man. So, mm-hmm. wow. so we talked. I asked him about tournaments. Why haven't I seen you around? He said, "Well, I'm traveling. I've been over in Sudan and these different places, you know, setting up elections. So free and fair. And, I hope. Uh, well, sure. But people people ask me, why do you play in these one day events? You know, there aren't that many good players. Well, it's so I can meet someone. Yeah, like that's Greg. great. Oh yeah, that's great. I agree with uh, with John. 
a lot of times you don't even remember what you talked about. There was certainly some fun gabbing going on. But um, the one thing that I will take home, if she were to ask, and, you know, if we're talking about one of our kids and their situations going on. So there are sure. some some yeah. heavier topics that we will chat about on the golf course. It's not all just jokes and all that good thing. But for the most part, that's what it is. And Yeah. You know, yeah many times I don't even remember. Yeah. I feel bad. I, I, I sometimes have to remind myself at the end of the round to go, Guys, what do we talk about today? Because I'll probably be asked for a short report card. I think it's an unwritten rule that since no one's listening in those formats, that we don't even bring up anything that's important. Yeah. Because no one will remember it anyways because no one's listening to a word you're saying. If you were to pie chart it, it'd be roughly 56% (laughs) fart jokes, 28% goofing on the other guy's bad shots. Yeah. 5% 5% politics, 2% kids. Right, and, well, why, and why are you wearing a white belt? And 1% where are my keys? <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and it, it, it absolutely depends on how hot the cart girl is. Because the conversation <laughs> is south Hot as Anastasia from Club Pro yes. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Hole number seven, I believe we are now on. Yes, indeed. If, if you were sentenced to a lethal injection of either the shanks or the yips, which one would you choose? You've done something horrible in the court of golf, and they sentence you to a lethal injection of one or the other infliction that will be with you in some form for the rest of your life. Which you well, do. I've shanks never had the shanks use. in my life. I've, I don't think I've ever shanked a ball in competition. To tell you the truth, uh, humble brag. I just I don't. But I have already, <laughs> and I don't remember the date that it happened. But I have been sentenced to the driver yips. So I'm there. Oh, I didn't even say driver yet. So yeah, so I'm there. I'm there, and I'm living with it, and I'm okay. doing the best that I can through three or four days a week in therapy and things like that to okay. try to get through this driver yet. We're being fully honest here, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, I have a little bit of both right now. I have really? Do you with, really? with my chipping. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the inside of the. Uh, in, I'm mm-hmm. hitting it towards the hosel too much. So yesterday I had some situations, a little bit of pressure. You know, I don't think I'm going to qualify for the U.S. Open, but. So instead of hitting the shot that I knew I could pull off because I do all the time, I didn't go with that shot, and as a result, I suffered. But I'm yeah. hitting a little bit off the hosel. Right. I'm getting well, a little steep. Me, but, and my short putts, I'm struggling with my short putts. I'll talk to you about that. The chipping either gives me hope or des- despair because if you have trouble, you're the best chipper I ever damn saw. Sort of like in the movie uh, uh, The Natural. You're the best damn hitter I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm Roy, still a good up. chipper. You're the best damn chipper I've ever seen. If you have problems, that either makes me say, hey, it's okay to have problems, or Jesus, you're never going to get good. Uh, real quick, buddy, what do you got? So, I mean, the yips tells me you may not be able to ultimately get it in a hole, and at some point you got to get it in a hole, right? Shank, you can work your way around that shot a little bit, so... I would <laughs> really not shame. like to have either situation, but yeah. I would say uh, yips would be. A, I would love to stay away from from that. I think, <laughs> I think I'd say give me the electric chair. I, I can't <laughs> yeah. deal with yeah. either yeah. one. Right. Hole number eight. If you could buy a vintage golf cart in perfect restored condition, one of the old school whips like these right here with the three wheels and the handle to drive it, would you get one? No, mm, absolutely not. I would. For yeah. sure. Drive around, drive around Pinehurst in that thing. How sweet would that be, Ronnie? Look yeah. at these things. I, I mean, I'm talking about the old Eisenhower buggies that, you know, you'd see the president whipping yeah. around in when he went to play golf like that. I'm getting one. I can see. I, I can look at the pictures, but I, I would, I'd have no interest. In I'd have no they, interest in owning one, though. No. They are death machines. They can flip over real easy. Three-wheelers. <laughs> Unbelievable. What were, they, what were they thinking back then? 
Like, not much. Like, I mean, nah, three wheels is good enough. No one's going to get Same her. thing when you packed eight people into a station wagon with sure. no seatbelts. <laughs> with, with facing the other yeah, way. Right, right, right. All right, finally, hole number nine. We'll wrap it up real quick. Which golf publication do you respect the most currently and enjoy reading? Golf, Golf Digest, uh, Golf Weekly, still do they put out? Yeah, I think some of uh, Golf World's under Golf, golf Digest. Golf World, okay. Um, I, you know, I'm on the Golf Digest hot list uh, panel, so I, I've got – you know, some connections with the Golf Digest folks. I think they there's some really good people behind that that publication. So okay. yeah. I like right. that one. I like that. I don't read it. Uh, golf World is what I would ch- choose in an airport. Okay. I think Golf World and Golf Weekly. I, I've fallen out, Ronnie, of reading these publications, which I used to read religiously as a youngster. They're actually doing some good stuff. I feel bad that yeah, I've left do. them. I need to make a recommitment to reading and, and looking at their stuff online mostly. Patrick, I read right. something this Patrick morning Reed. in a golf on Patrick, Patrick Reed. Reed. Yeah, He's I read that. He's not the guy you think he is. That's yeah. the cover. He's golf, worse. Golf Digest. <laughs> 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 All right. Coming up, our final segment. We'll talk about Ron's adventure at the U.S. Open Qualifier. And whatever odds and ends we have yet to get to today, thank you for listening. It is the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. None of those items available here at Golfdom, buddy, unless I'm mistaken. You might have ball retrievers. We do have ball retrievers, yeah, and they're fancier nowadays. They're, uh, they're more... Uh, you got sonar on them? Yeah, they, they got little, little different contraptions. That I fishing think they have a fish they Morph into a fish. I think, in ball. fact, yeah, if, right. I think this week is if you mention the show in here, I believe you get a small discount on ball retrievers. Six percent off. We'll bill yeah. uh, Ronus for any of those. <laughs> Fair enough. There. In stock only. No special orders. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Ron, you were at U.S. Open qualifying this past week, the first stage of it, correct? I was. Yes. Every time the entries come out, I, you know, I always debate it. Do I really want to do this? Am I going to be wasting my time? And I, I know for the most part I am going to be, although last year I played never well. Until, I, never I, waste let's time. Start, let's start with this. What does it cost? Uh, $175. What's the handicap minimum? 3.4, I believe. And you're currently? A one. Okay. Point eight, and um, so, but it, it, a lot of it depends on the golf course. Last year, Worthington Manor, two years ago, I actually played very well. I only missed it by three, I think. Um, and so, but it, the reason I did it this year, you get to choose a location, and I'm really into traveling and golfing right now. I love to get in the car in the morning. Yesterday, six a.m., get in the car, get my Wawa, get my hot tea, and go, knowing that I have a destination. So uh, I chose Country Club of York, which is a Donald yeah. Ross. Pennsylvania? Eight, yes, sir. Built in 1899. Andrew Green, the gentleman we had on last week, redid the golf course. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's also unbelievably hard. <laughs> yes. One of my kids qualified for the U.S. Junior there. Who's yes, that? they yeah. had the U.S. Yeah. Junior there. Yeah. That's right. It, it is, it's hard to explain just how difficult it was. It wasn't hard for the two guys that shot 65, <laughs> but they were also a couple of tour They were unimpressed. Right. So uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I was paired with a gentleman whose name I recognized when the pairings came out. And this gentleman, it turns out, had uh, with six holes left in a U.S. Mid-Am Finals, he was two up and ended up losing to a gentleman who he would have gotten the Masters mm-hmm. invite. He also Oof. played in the 2000 U.S. Open. I knew he was a good player. I'm not going to name his name because the story's about to evolve. Take a turn. Yeah. 
And uh, so he, he, it took exactly one hole for him to tell me and our playing partner who he was and what he had played in and oh, no. how Good. much money he Good. had made oh, no. and, and ah. these things. And then Good. finally he asked about me, and I was like, you know, I do this. And, oh, really? You do that? Well, yeah. I've done it. It's one of, of those course. guys. I, yeah. I sell shower rings. Let's move yeah. on. Right, right. Uh, not a bad guy. A very decent guy. Had his tour card at one time, or had his – you know, played professional golf at one time, decided to get back into the amateur ranks, didn't start playing golf until he was 20 years old. Uh, nine U.S. amateurs, the whole story, it goes on and on and on. Uh, on the 13th hole, he had decided that he had had enough, and he quit. Uh, oh, no. This was about What was his, his score? Uh, I think he, well, he. Were you keeping his card? He, he was two under, I was. He was two under after six, and I'm thinking this guy. Yeah. He's going he's deep on his way. Yeah. It's really difficult as a guy who's not playing great. I shot 81. 81 is a lot worse than what, I played. What was he when he scraped So I'm, I'm worrying a little bit, as I shouldn't, that maybe I'm impacting this guy because he gets out of sorts and he starts three-putting. Well, everybody was three-putting these greens. One under got out, okay? I'm sorry, two under got out. Uh, they took four. Like, that like means you four, get out yeah, of the sectional. Yeah. And you so, get to the next level. So after the ninth hole, this gentleman said, MF, I'm, at least now I can go to the car after he three-putted probably the second or third time. So I said to him, as I was writing down his score, I said, are you out of here? And he goes, no, I'm not out of here. He said, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, then he quit right, after no. 13. So I'm thinking, all right, this guy's being a dick to me right yeah. now. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of encouraging. You know, I, all the whole time I was encouraging. You know how I am. Yes. Well, here's the real kicker. There's an article that I sent to you guys, and all he talks about is how he's played with these wonderful amateur golfers who have played in – hundreds of USGA events and won many major national USGA events and how what he's learned from them is not only how to manage his golf game but how to manage his character. Oh, boy. Character. How he's learned from these guys, how they carry themselves as human beings. Well, we were paired with a 15-year-old kid from Northern Virginia who shot 73, by the way, who is a future superstar. Um, I'll have, I'll tell you his yeah. name, but actually I don't want to do names. You tell uh, me after the show. But this kid, a 15 year old kid is he's being told by this guy all about his achievements, 2000 U S open and nine U S amateurs and all these different things. And the JC, he told us that he had won the JC or runner up in the JC. Who cares? We don't want to hear about him anymore. Yeah. yeah. He's so a loser anyway, because so, he quit. No, so but, he so, gets to 13. So, so he, things are going South. Probably you still is, haven't said how many over he is. Uh, probably two, I, he, probably two yeah, or three. No, and he probably, knew he was out. No, of it. Okay. no, he's probably four over. Cause okay. yeah. And so anyway, instead of, Putting, tapping in the putt, he has one of those ping putters that has the hole on the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boom! Jabs the green, drops a couple explet- expletives, and starts to walk off. Well, he forgets he has my card. So oh, he's no. Come back and get oh, me my no. card. How, how uh, far away did he get? Uh, pretty, probably 100 yards. <laughs> That's Good. great. I mean, Good. you had to do the but, walk of shame. He's going to drive all the way back to Pittsburgh. So when you think about that, when you people know you're a, he's the reigning Pennsylvania State Golf Association he, 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 player he, 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 of the he, year. I see you didn't want to name names, and people have now probably Googled oh, it all. Google it doesn't matter. Help, but okay. but good. So, 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 good. So, so he's got to drive back to Pittsburgh 
you know, thinking to himself, I just WD'd in a USG. He's not US thinking a second about that because that's, that's who he is. All the other stuff that you read about is a bunch of BS that he just puts out there during an interview to make himself look good. His true character just showed on the golf course. Right. He quit. Anything he wrote or said in an interview is meaningless. Your true character as a human being is shown on the golf course unlike any other place in so the world. So as I told the 15-year-old with me, right when that guy walked away, I looked at him. And I said, don't ever do that. This guy's father was falling. Wonderful, wonderful kid, Indian kid, the best. His, fa- his father was so fantastic. I looked at him, I said, don't ever do that. Good. I said, it's so easy to quit. Quitting's easy. I said, but to endure and to fight is hard. And that's what you do. Yes, Good. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Good. sir. Very this guy cool. just, we walked right off the golf yeah. course. So, Loser. is there any official sanction they give players who quit? Or is it more just a... Your name is Mud. Do they note it down? Like, hey, there are gonna- some events that you cannot WD, uh, or else you would. I think junior events. There are some organizations that if you WD, like in during the tournament, that you can't play in an, the next one or something like that. Okay, because they just. Are we sure it, he you got to post it? your score? That's the thing about golf. You got to post right. your score. We've all shot ridiculously high scores. It's easier to WD instead of posting a 78. I yeah. didn't want to post an 81 yesterday, but Cares. I battled. I battled, and nice. I, you know, I wasn't if, that unhappy look, with my 81. If someone looks at your 81 and says, oh, geez, Ronnie's not that good player, do you really want to hang around that person anyways? Right, but... Probably because so you can kick their ass anyway. That's weird. You know, that's such a weird window into the psychology of golf and golfers that he would be so obsessed with fronting his accomplishments. And yet, at the same time, when things do... See, he almost set himself up to fail because he's talking all big about himself. And then, oh, you're not playing very well. You're going to get beat by a 15-year-old kid. You How does that make no, you that's feel? that's great. Last, yeah. last thing I'll say, you know what he said? And then, buddy, you say, he, he said, I, I don't, is this the same course I shot 64 on oh, last no! year? And then he said, no! and then he told us, he, no! and then he told Mike, this guy and I, he said, I think I was 42 under for, our six ma- for my six <laughs> matches last year. Oh, my in God. In the Jay Siegel Cup. That's what he said. Wow. That's <laughs> something else. And right I think there. off the golf course. <laughs> and, and unbelievable. Ron, it's, John's exactly right. Golf brings that character out, and and the fact that he was laying all those those things about himself out, yeah, that's that's who he is too, right? He's going to lay that out, and if it doesn't oh work out, God. he's out of here. And and yeah, even it's even worse that there's a 15 year old kid that, that you appreciate that you've got some, uh, you know, a character that you can yeah. you can cared teach only him. about himself. Without Simple a doubt, that's unbelievable. All right, on the way out, John Ronis, Ronis Academy, River Creek, one of the great teachers in our area. I think the best, but I'm biased. Uh, what else do you got? Uh, nothing. I'm just plugging away there. Uh, I do want people to get – I'm going to mention my charity, The Second Tee, secondtee.com. It's a great organization. Please visit it. And um, if you feel like contacting me about it, please do. All right, buddy. PGA Championship coming up this week. Specials here at Golfdom. Yeah, we'll have the second major sale starting uh, next week and we're finishing up details on that. But excited. I mean, it's just, you know, like you said, Beautiful weather out there. Get out there and play some golf, and, uh, and we're here to sell you some, some equipment if you need it. Ronnie, you and I and the Juggalos are down to Pinehurst this coming weekend nice. for the 19th annual Malcolm McLeod Memorial. It's going to be something special. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, buddy, for having us here at Golfdom. Get out, play some golf. Spread the word. Tell people that there is a nice little golf landing spot for your listening ears on Saturday mornings here in the DMV. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. Golfdom.
This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to Zabe at Yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at Yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all an extra large. So, yeah, thanks for the shirts.